السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب شرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت الأليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما All praise is due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam O oh Allah, we beseech Thee to increase us in our knowledge and to protect us from the deceptions of the Satan and the evil of our souls. Ameen. Ya Rabbal Alameen. It is indeed only the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah Jalla Wala. We continue with Surah Nur, chapter number 24 and verse number 60. In our previous lesson, Almighty Allah Jalla is warning the non-Muslims, with all your arms, with all your ammunition, don't ever think that you will escape from the wrath and anger and punishment of Almighty Allah. La tahsabanna alladheena kafaru. You should not think that these non-Muslims, mu'ujizina fil ard, that they can frustrate the plan of Almighty Allah on this earth. They can escape the punishment of Almighty Allah. وَلَا يَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَبَقُوا The non-Muslims will never think they can beat Almighty Allah. إِنَّهُمْ لَا يُجِزُونَ They can never frustrate the command, the decree of Almighty Allah. So many a time it happened. They came in and then they went back humiliated and disgraced. And you see that happening even today. Despite the fact that the Muslim Ummah is so disunited and divided and fragmented, but yet you see the Mujahideen in various parts of the world fighting till the death. Ihdal husnayain. When this Ummah fights, then if they're victorious, they get the booty and spoils of war. And even if they are defeated, then they obtain martyrdom and shahadat. That also is a victory in the year after. النار, for these non-Muslims is Jahannam and the hellfire. Every person who died as a non-Muslim in the state where he or she was sane and mature, and they were not Muslim, they become kafir, mushrik, mulhid, atheist, call them whatever you want. Surah 33, verses 64-65, All Mithya Allah makes it clear, Inna Allah la'anal kafirin, Verily all Mithya Allah has cursed the non-Muslims, Wa'adda lahum sa'ira, And has prepared for them the blazing fire, the Jahannam, the hellfire, Khalidina fiha abada, They will dwell and stay there forever and ever. If you don't believe in this, you will join them. La yajiduna waliyaw wala nasira. They will not have any protector nor any helper. 
Surah 33, Surah Ahzab, verses 64, 65. What a horrible, terrible place to return to. Almighty Allah revealed Surah Nur to teach us adab, etiquettes, morals, manners. So there are three times when even the children and so forth must seek permission. Likewise, the slaves in those times explain to you about slaves. Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu, e iman walo, o you believe. Eighty-nine times Allah addressed us with this phrase. Ye to ashikana khitab is addressed filled with love and compassion to elevate our rank and status. For non-Muslims Allah addressed them once on the day of justice to humiliate and disgrace them. Surah 66 verse number 7. Ya ayyuhalladzina kafaru, la ta'tadirul yom. O you non-Muslims, do not cite any excuses today. You will be punished according to your deeds. So they must take permission three times. Min qabli salat al-fajri, even the children, five, six, seven years, or the slaves, male or female, who you have, like our workers, employees today. Obviously, they are not slaves. It's just an example I'm giving. So before for the time for obvious reasons because that time you might be not dressed appropriately maybe you are fast asleep disturbing you encroaching on your privacy in the afternoon heat when you are removing your clothes and so forth when is husband wife time remember couples husband wife time is night time you husband you got your parents remember daytime is for them you wife you can't be phoning your mother and father and all of them night time for one one hour that is the husband's time these are the three times for your privacy and remember, beside that, other times they come small, small children. Laysa alaykum junah, laysa alaykum wala alayhim junahum ba'dahun. Then there's no sun upon you nor upon them. Tawafuna alaykum ba'dukum ala ba'd. They make tawaf go up and down. You know, children, let's play today in their house. Then they can play in our house. And then they run around and so forth. The same word is used even for the cats and kittens in the hadith of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In your house the cats come, the kittens come, stray cats come. Innaha laysat bin najisin, they are not impure, meaning they are park. Innama hiya minat tawafina alaykum wa tawafat. They just came to make tawaf in your house, they'll go away. So Islam taught us adab and etiquettes. So the hadith open, Muslim Ahmad, various compilations you will find. And remember, yeah, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu used to play with cats and kittens. So Almighty Allah is teaching us adab. Now the same children, they became baliq, they are murahiq, they are on the verge of attaining the age of puberty. Then the same laws apply. وَإِذَا بَلَغَ الْأَطْفَالُ مِنْكُمْ مِنْكُمُ الْحُلُمَا When your children on the verge of attaining puberty, they attain maturity already. فَلْيَسْتَعْذِنُوا Then at all times they must seek permission. كَمَسْتَعْذَنَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Like those people before them, the adults before them. How they were seeking permission. 
Almighty Allah explained to you his verses. There on top is Lakumul Ayat. Here is Lakum Ayati. Basically the meaning is the same. But this you call Tafannun, you call this Balbalaga, rhetoric, the style, the diction, the beauty of the Quran Sharif is enhanced. Therefore every verse is called Ayah, a symbol and a sign and Nishani of Almighty Allah. 6,236 verses. That what you learn in Madrasa 666 is rejected. Remember that's not correct. Wallahu alimun hakim and Almighty Allah is all knowing and all wise. Today's lesson, Surah Nur, Surah 24, verse number 60. We told you in Surah 24, verses 30, 31, and so forth regarding hijab and the laws of the Sharia. Some places regarding the hijab, there are some concessions, some relaxation. A Muslim lady, when she emerges, I'm speaking of true Muslim ladies now. So a true Muslim lady, when she emerges from a home and a house and she goes out, her whole body will be covered. Remember her body, her face, everything. So what she wears, that is called hijab. The face cover is called niqab. Only the hands will be exposed. Regarding the feet is compulsory, it must be covered according to the Maliki, Shafi'is, Hanbalis, and their Dalil and evidence is very strong, and I mentioned it to you. Min zinatihin, Almighty Allah called it beauty, that is the feet, and so forth. Nevertheless, the Hanafis say when the lady emerges from a house and a room and going outside in public, then the hands and the feet, feet you don't have to cover from the ankles downwards, but it is better to cover it, non-compulsory, but majority scholars say it's compulsory. But Hanafis say it is better, but not compulsory. But Almighty Allah then spoke about the Maharim, our daughter, our sister, our niece, and so forth. So when she is interacting with her brother, her father, her uncle, father's brother, mother's brother, so there the laws were relaxed. So that will be from above the bosom, the breast, to below the knees. So that portion must be covered, that's minimum. And remember the face, the head, all that is not covered, so it will be permissible, but definitely better to cover it, that is the hair and so forth, because of haya, shame and modesty. Now here we have a particular scenario, understand it first, then I'll translate. You have a lady, she's 80 years old, 75, 80 years old, far gone beyond childbearing, and now she's not interested in marriage and so forth, she's tired and retired. So in that case there, Islam relaxes the law. If she does not wear the niqab, her face is open and so forth, even in front of ajnabi, or oh, a strange man and so forth, so Islam says it is permissible. However, that even she, she is old, and remember, not interested in marriage, yet if she covers her face and so forth, that is better for her. Imagine this is Surah 24, verse 60. But today the Ummah, because the Western trend is in their mind, the thought process of the Kafirs are in their mind, they want to think just like the non-Muslim, so they say there is nothing like Niqab. The word Niqab is mentioned in Bukhari Sharif. 
So Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam telling the ladies when you go for hajj and umrah, open kitabul hajj, then the woman, she is not, should not wear You should not wear gloves in ihram. Don't wear the niqab. So what is that telling you? That niqab in normal times is compulsory and even in ihram is compulsory amam al-ajanib when you come in the presence of strange men go open Abu Dawood Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha and them say how they should cover their faces. Some people say no, that is for the wives of Nabi alayhi salam. Go open Muatayman Malik Asma bin Yazid say how they should cover their faces during ihram. So don't come with fairy tales when you don't understand Islam. The wajib is compulsory. There the niqab. The hijab is first is compulsory. So the woman in Islam need to cover up. Today's Western system, remember is such, they want them to remove their haya, their shame and modesty. So this ayat here is the mustasna, is the exception, is not the rule. Exception means it is excluded. So look at the verse now. Walqawaidu. Qawaid, the lady who is sitting in a home. So she's so old now. So minan nisa illati. And she's so old, she passed the age of childbearing and so forth. From those ladies, minan nisa illati. La yarjuna nikaha. She has no inclination, no hope, anything of getting married. فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْهِنَّ جُنَاحٌ So upon these old ladies, 75, 80, 100 years old, there is no son جُنَاحٌ أَنْ يَدْعَنَ ثِيَابَهُنَّ That they remove their clothing. So I'm asking you what it means remove their clothing. Does it mean remove the dress? Allah forbid. Remove the izar? No. Today young, young girls have removed the izar already. You go to Brazil, you leave Brazil. Brazil also, I saw it, I see it in South Africa also. You go to people's houses, now you tell them you want to read Salat because you're Musafir. They'll tell you, go read Salat, you open the Musalla there, you will see a lady's Izar is there. Meaning, Salat time, the lady wears a Izar, and after Salam, she takes it out and walking around without the Izar, without the trouser and so forth. Is not against hayadas. Obviously, it is against haya and shame and modesty. So remember this: in Brazil, in a masjid, Sao Paulo, we went. So the ladies come, mini skirt, does that, everything open because there is you can see everything you know going on there because the men come, the women come. There's hardly any gap. This thing there in between barrier. Then suddenly you say they wear the izar, then they wear like a abaya, and after salam they just drop everything and they're gone. So this is mockery of Islam. Remember that. Falaysa, so whether it happens in South Africa or any other part of the world, we must have haya, shame, modesty daily, and in our lives, not only in a masjid, on a musalla, everywhere. So this lady who's so old, she got no hope, inclination to get married. There's no son upon her. That she removes a garment, meaning the niqab and the, so those type of things, in front of the strange men also. Without beautifying and exposing her beauty. 
So even if she's old, today the ladies are 60, 70, 80 years old, they're competing with a daughter-in-law, with their makeup and everything else. So all that then is haram. So even this concession is given with condition. It's not carte blanche that now you are old and you can doll up and then tell the men to come in to see you and you see them. No. That ghayra, not mutabarrijat in exposing bizina, your beauty. So Islam says even for the old, old lady, وَأَيَّسْتَعْفِفْنَا خَيْرُ اللَّهُنْ And even then, if she covers up, covers her whole body, face, everything, then remember that is better for her. So imagine those people who are saying, Islam don't want hijab, Islam don't want niqab, Islam don't want this. So remember, they want to debate every point because today they have access to the internet. Remember when you start debating like this, then there is fear you will go right out of the fall of Islam. Wallahu sami'un alim, all is all hearing, all the evidence given, all the counter evidence. Alim, all is all knowing. So remember once more I'm mentioning Hijab, niqab is wajib, is farz, is compulsory. We use the word wajib, farz interchangeably. And we don't have to be apologetic to anyone. Once I was traveling from here to Zambia, and it was a three-seater, you know, in the plane, three seats here, three seats there. So there was a non-Muslim, then I said, and my wife said, and I could see the body language, he was very, very uncomfortable. I asked him, what's your name? He said, Steve. I said, you believe in Adam and Eve or Adam and Steve? He said, no, I believe in Adam and Eve. I said, very good. I said, Steve, ask me any question you want on Islam, anything. So he pointed to my wife and he said, why is she dressed like this? I said, Steve, you know what, hijab, niqab and so forth. I said, Steve, I only ask you one request. You must be honest. He said, fine. I said, see in this plane, there are 100 passengers, for example, 50 male, 50 female. Is that okay? He said, fine. I said, now let's look at this 50 females that, will my wife, this lady here, will she be a better example for the children, grandchildren regarding modesty, morality, or the majority of the ladies who are scantily clad and so forth? He doesn't answer. He picks up his finger and he points to my wife. So when you discuss with people, never be apologetic and try to mimic them and compromise. We have the best, we must share it with the rest. That is Islam. Now Almighty Allah tells us the Arabs at that time were people who were very, very generous. Therefore, is a saying in Arabic, Al-Karam in the Arab. They used to invite people, just come uninvited also. So all Allah tells us what is permissible, what is not permissible. The person who is blind, upon him there is no sin. And there is no harm on the one who is crippled. And the one that is sick, there is no harm, no sin upon him. So haraj, yea, three places mean sin and harm. It means it's permissible. وَلَا لَا أَنفُسِكُمْ And there is no sin upon you yourself. أَن مِن بُيُوتِكُمْ That you go and eat and you consume your meals in your own houses, in your own rooms. So all that will be permissible. 
Now this person who's blind, this person who's crippled, this person is sick, does it mean they can just come in? No. They know that this particular house here, definitely they are very welcoming and they will not object to us. So that is either the permission is granted to them, the sarahatan, clearly, explicitly, or dalalatan, dalalatan means people make signs to them, come, 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 don't worry. So what you call like an arm dawat, and you come in. But it doesn't mean that any blind person, any cripple can just walk in anybody's house, no. It means that permission is granted to them and they are aware of it, both parties are aware. You eat in your own houses. Or the houses of your fathers, your biological father. So you enter your father's house, mashallah, you eat there. There's no problem because it's your father. Or the houses of your mother. Your father passed away or divorced. You go to your mother's house, you eat there, you drink there. All that is fine because remember permission is, is the given, obviously. It is your parents' house after all. Or the houses of your brothers. But yeah, brothers, again, we need to be careful. Remember, you can't enter the house of your brother when he's not there and your sister-in-law is there, she's alone there. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Alhamu al-maut, how you fear death, O sister. You must fear your brother-in-law, your husband's brother, because he has easy access to come to the house. So therefore, today what happens, daughter-in-law is sitting, or sister-in-law is sitting with brother-in-law, that's putting butter next to the stove, and a recipe for disaster. Absolutely haram, that is. O buyuti ikhwanikum, or the houses of your brothers, your brother is there, your nephew is there, then it's fine. O buyuti akhawatikum, or the houses of your sisters, so you go to your sister's house, your sister, so you go and eat there. You don't have to make hundred appointments and so forth. But in this day and this age, when you follow the Western culture and Western system, they will make it a big noise. No, in Islam, jiska zarf bara ho, Allah in kubara bana deta hai. In Islam, who keeps a magnanimous heart, a big heart, Allah elevates their rank and status. Or the houses of your uncles. A'amam, the plural of am. Chacha, kaka, father's brother, paternal uncle, pasabrur. So I gave you in five, six languages. So you must remember that is your father's brother. So you go to him, mashallah, and you know, al-ambu sinwu abi, that the father's brother takes the place of the father. So, so you eat there, it's fine. He's not going to give you a bell or something. Or the houses of your paternal aunties, your father's sisters, your fui. So remember your father's sister. You go there to her house. But remember, you can't go there when her daughters are there alone, she's not there, and there's no men there. Now you start chit-chatting, socializing. That is haram. Between me and my auntie's daughters, or daughter or daughter, 
Parda hijab is compulsory. So we need to know all these things. Today we just say, no, it's my cousin, it's my relative. Not only shaking hand, but kissing and all that. All this is totally haram in Islam. O buyuti akhwalikum, O the houses of your maternal uncles, mamaji, your mother's brother. So remember, you go to your mother's brother and you have meals there. It's very good. It's part of the family. O buyuti akhwalikum, khal. Khal means that the mother's brother, so akhwal, the plural. O buyuti khalatikum, or you go to the houses of your Mother, sister, maternal, auntie, the masi. So you must remember that is khala. Al khala to be manzilatil um. How you respect your mother, you must respect your mother's sister also. She takes the place of the mother, Mustafa Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi sallam said, Sayyida Aisha, she is the khala. Asma was the mother. Sayyida Aisha had no children. And Asma radiallahu anhu children, Abdullah bin Zubair, he is the son, his father is Zubair, and mother is Asma radiallahu anhu, all the sahaba. So he, Abdullah, used to come to the khala, and that is Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha. So many incidents took place between khala and the nephew. So between Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha and Abdullah bin Zubair radiallahu anhu. O buyuti khalatikum, O ma malaktum mafatihahu. O you go to the house of those people where you have possession of their keys. You see that person is gone now for Umrah. He told you, you must go to my house, switch on the lights, check everything. There you see some fruit, you see some food. So you eat it, no problem. You don't have to contact that person in Makkah or Medina by, I had one banana and I had one apple and I had one juice. No, it's understood. He gave you the key, you have access. But then don't mean now you go right in his private room and open his safe and all that. That's haram, obviously. So this is fi babil akli wa shurb. This is regarding eating, drinking in that house. O swadiqikum, or your friend. Friend, yeah, means that you go, you have beta kalluf, you have very close ties with him. So you know if you go there, he will not be upset. You don't have to make appointment and so forth. But you can't go there when he's not there. So the khulasa, the summary of all this is, you can go and eat and drink by those people's houses and places where you know they gave you permission clearly, explicitly, or the lalatan, that they made signs like that. Anytime you come, it's your house, you can eat and drink. So that is... But if you don't have that, then it is not permissible and you cannot enter their home, you cannot be partaking of their food and drink and so forth unless they give permission. In Islam, remember, we are taught adab. Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, is, will always be the mightiest of messengers, the most beloved, the most precious to Allah. But look at the sunnah, me and you, where are we? The Master alayhi salatu salam says, Ana aakulu kama yaakulul abd. I eat like how a slave eats. I eat like how a servant of Allah eats. Me and you, we will sit on the chair, we will recline, put one leg on top of the other. We think like we some king or some prince or something. Remember that is sign of arrogance on our part. 
We need to emulate and imitate the Master Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Open Mishkat Mustad Ahmad. All these Riyadu Salihin, you will find this type of a hadith. How much you eat? Laysa alaykum junahun. O Ummah, there is no sun upon you. Antakulu jamiyan aw ashtata. You eat together or you eat separately. But remember, to eat together is better. So the family that is there, the father, mother, sons, daughters, so we all eat together, more love, more muhabba, and we have our discussion. The father has his seat reserved, and everybody knows he's the captain of the ship, the amir, and the leader of the family. To eat separately, if the need is there, somebody has to wake up early, somebody has to go here, then it's permissible, no problem. فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ When you enter the rooms and the houses of people or your own house, فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ Then make salam upon yourself. If you're entering your own house, As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. As-salamu alaykum to the malaika who are there. So all that is permissible. And Allah and Fusikum, when we're entering other people's houses, so entering their house, our house is like the same. We want Ummah, Ummatan Wahida. So therefore, the word Anfusikum is mentioned. So make salam, Tahiyyatam min Indillah. This is a greeting from Almighty Allah. Mubarakatan, filled with Barakah blessing. Tayyibah, pure greetings. No one can beat Islam in any aspect. I see the Muslim, Assalamu Alaikum. Non-Muslims, they get mixed up themselves. In the morning, morning. In the afternoon, afternoon. In the evening, evening. At night. So now it is 12 o'clock. That person tell me good morning. I tell him, brother, now it's your afternoon time. Why are you saying good morning? He say, oh, I made a mistake. So in Islam we don't make mistake. Awala adullukum ala shayin. Ida fa'al tumuhu tahabab tum hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Must I not show you that action if you execute it, it will generate mutual love. What is that, Ya Rasulullah? O Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa teach us. Afshu salama baynakum. Give salam currency among yourself. Make it common among yourself. Your house will become a home. Your home will become Dar salam a home of peace, tranquility, and a house of peace and tranquility. And you will find that husband greeting wife, wife greeting husband, parents greeting children, children greeting parents. As-salam qabl al-kalam. So that is what we need to do. كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمُ الْآيَاتِ So similarly, Almighty Allah Jalla wa ala explains لَكُمُ الْآيَاتِ verses لَأَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So that you have the intelligence and so that you have the understanding. So may Almighty Allah Jalla wa ala make our homes Dar salam homes of peace, tranquility and serenity. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَلَى